What's up, everybody? It's Dan Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office. Uh, it is a balmy 40 degrees outside, so you're probably going to hear a little humming. That is the heater in the office running again because I am cold. Um, <laughs> I'm one of those guys that's always cold uh, no matter what. I think it's poor circulation or diabetes. I'm not one or the other. But uh, anyway, hopefully the uh, light hum is not too much of a distraction. Uh, just, you know, like always, super appreciative of everybody. All the um, shares, uh, you know, the mentions on the social medias, all that sort of stuff. Um, greatly appreciated. Um, you know, just super grateful for all of that. So, uh, thank you everybody that keeps pushing it out there. Um, you know, the Patreon supporters, all that sort of stuff. Uh, super grateful again. Um, you know, if you are curious about that, you can head over to Patreon and then you look up Binder Boneyard podcast, uh, there on patreon and you can donate you know a dollar a month like whatever um you know it's all free but uh you know if you feel like supporting you're more than welcome to so um more tech stuff this time i've been um you know i asked these questions on instagram and i you know Almost every time I ask for questions, uh, something comes up about drivability and daily driver type stuff. Uh, so I know I've done a bunch of podcasts about this in the past, but uh, yeah, I'm just going to do another one here. Um, so... It, how do I word this? The everyone wants to know how to make their rig a reliable daily driver. And I know some of it is just from watching, you know, me and what I do, um, because I'm, you know, that's all I drive is the old trucks. And yeah, the black truck has been severely heavily modified uh you know running the dt and the allison and all that like you can't really call the the black truck a, a you know st it's not stock anymore that's for sure so um you know it's hard to use the black truck as an example for daily driver but uh the red truck uh my 64 travelette that i do daily when I'm not driving the black truck, um, or Josie, when she's in the summertime, when she dailies Palmolive, the 68, uh, Scout 800, um, you know, those are, I think more along the lines of what people are asking about, um, when they want to know how to make their, their rigs a, a good daily. So, 
Um, that's kind of what I'm going to focus on. Um, so the most important part, uh, you know, of a good daily driver is I'm going to have to say you're going to want to start with brakes. <clears throat> Go through the brakes. New shoes, wheel cylinders, springs, that sort of stuff. Check them out. Wheel bearings, uh, since you're in there, uh, on the front ends, you have to get the wheel bearings out if you're going to do the brakes anyway. So, um, you know, might as well do the wheel bearings and wheel seals while you're there. Um, just because brakes are super important. Uh, and then, you know, moving down the axle, just change the gear oil. Uh, it's nice to have fresh gear oil. Um, that way you know that if it's a three-quarter ton or anything with a full float rear end, it's going to have fresh oil uh, in those new bearings that you put in. And uh, then you know your gears are going to have fresh oil to swim in. Uh, and then U-joints, you know, check out the drive shafts. You know, make sure the, the splined um, slip shaft isn't sloppy. You know, if it's not... Um, then, you know, pop in some fresh U-joints. And then again, you won't have to worry about it for another 30 years. Um, steering is also very important. Um, double check all those tie rod ends and that sort of stuff. If they are worn, sloppy, super loose, that's going to create issues with your daily driving um, because, it's really hard to daily drive a rig that is all over the place. Um, I just went through that with the black truck. Uh, the kingpins were worn real bad. Um, and cause it has a Dodge, uh, Dana 60 front. So that's a big kingpin open knuckle axle. And, uh, I would hit a bump and then the death wobble would kick in real bad. And death wobble is, no joke um, on a daily driver because every time you hit a bump and it starts shaking like crazy, you have to speed up to get out of the death wobble. You have to come to a complete stop or you've got to go faster. And when you're in a neighborhood and the speed limit is 30 and your death wobble fires up and you're stuck behind someone else doing 30 and you have a car behind you doing 30 you <laughs> it's tough you can't stop you can't speed up and it, death wobble is just beating the bejesus out of everything uh so yeah and steering and front end parts is probably the next most important part of a of a good daily driver because you know just having a good running engine that's reliable is such a small part of the overall picture of the enjoyable enjoyability. I think I just made that word up. Uh, <laughs> enjoyability of uh, your your drive because you know it's just a it's exhausting driving a truck that the brakes are terrible and it has death wobble. And the doors don't stay shut or whatever. It really just wears you out. So, you know, having good brakes and good steering 
it goes a really long ways in making a enjoyable drive because those are those systems that people kind of take for granted and they forget about you know the because you drive a modern a new car or something like that and that stuff works and so you don't even think about it and then you jump in your old pickup and you jump you step on the brakes and it pulls to the left real hard or you know the back tire locks up randomly um you know it makes you less excited to to daily drive the old rig so i would go brakes you know axle u-joint steering uh and then make sure that you're legal make sure your turn signals work make sure that your headlights work and are reliable in high and low beam uh the way these things rust and the amount of of liquid that hits the floors on the trucks um i've seen the the high low beam switch on the floor go bad and you don't know it until the first time you go to switch from high to low and the lights just turn off uh that is a (laughs) that's an alarming uh event you know when you're cruising down the road and (laughs) your headlights just go out uh and that's happened more than once to me so you know making sure all your lights work uh and being legal is probably the next most important thing because i know when i was younger and driving a you know rusty hunk of crap around and uh it was just like cop magnet like i got pulled over all the time because they just assumed that i didn't have insurance or you know i was driving without a license or whatever so just having one less thing to get pulled over for is uh is also probably pretty good uh then if all that other stuff is taken care of then i move into engine um and you don't have to have fuel injection to be a daily driver i mean i've proved that with the red truck uh, if you've seen any of my YouTube videos, the cold starts, that kind of stuff, that truck is carbureted. It has a Pertronics ignition module in the distributor, and that's it. Like, uh, I mean, it's it's pretty much stock. It leaks oil like crazy. It's got a 304 that is pretty worn out, um, but it is drivable. So you know making sure that your tune is correct that you're timed well you know if you're going to daily it you better start with new plugs new wires new cap new rotor uh the ignition module is pretty much a must do you can run with points but you're going to have to adjust them every couple of months if you daily it so uh electronic ignition module is is one of the better updates for sure um so you know if you don't know how to rebuild a carb if you're unsure of your carburetor just order a new one you can get new 2300 hollies from summit for 470 dollars about um i charge almost 300 to rebuild a stock 2300 so 
you know, if you start with a new one, there's some peace of mind there for sure. Um, and so that's what I, I recommend to a lot of people. And a lot of the work that we do here, we just put a fresh one on. So, um, yeah. And along with that, make sure that, you know, this should go without saying, but change your oil. You know, if you're unsure of the last time the oil was changed, just change it. <clears throat> and uh, same for filters. You know, put a fresh fuel filter on. Uh, if you... If your truck has been sitting for quite a while and then you decide to start dailying it, you are going to shake stuff loose in the fuel tank. That's just how it how it goes. So a lot of times what we do is we'll run a fuel filter, one of the clear, you know, whatever, clear wicks, paper filters um, in front of the pump and after the pump, fuel pump just one to protect the fuel pump and two to keep the grit out of the carburetor especially if you just put a brand new carburetor on so um you know a lot of a lot of times you'll end up plugging up those pre-filters with the junk that shakes out of the tank for the first month or so especially if you're running regular gas uh, because of ethanol in regular gas there's nothing wrong with it in a daily driver if you can constantly cycle the fuel through it and keep using it it's fine if you are going to drive your truck for three months in the summer and then park it for the rest of the year do not run regular run non-ethanol premium if you can because it's going to create less problems down the road and i'm sure most people know that but you know just if you're new uh and you know or if you're if you're only driving your truck for a few months in the summer then yeah just run the premium um you know bite the bullet on the expense um but if you are daily like you know you're in the south and you're you know they don't have road salt and stuff like that and you're going to daily drive your truck every day you know 12 12 months then um you can run regular gas just know that that ethanol will it's almost like a solvent and it'll loosen up rust and debris in your fuel tanks um and in your fuel system <clears throat> so just uh keep that in mind so run a pre-filter on that fuel pump uh, i really caution people against electric fuel pumps uh <clears throat> because usually you have to run a fuel pressure regulator because the carburetors they don't like to be force fed um you know any more than about six psi and it's really really hard on the needle and seat in the carburetors so it's really you know we try and run mechanical pumps on everything the one downside is that if the truck does sit for a little bit the fuel will evaporate out of the bowl and you know so then when you go to start it again after a couple of weeks you got to crank it a few times uh to get it going where an electric fuel pump will fill the bowl immediately and and start so uh, I, but again, I, I'm really not a fan of electrics, especially if there's a problem, you, you know, wreck the truck, roll it over, 
you don't turn the key off, that electric pump is just going to keep feeding fuel. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of, it's not the safest way to go, but, uh, you know, a lot of people run them and, and they're, you know, they have decent success. So I'm just not a fan, but anyway, um, as far as the engine goes, yeah, change the oil, do a tune up. If it needs a new carb, put the new Holly on. Um, you know, if you've got a four barrel 392 or whatever, um, they do make low CFM Hollies. So, you know, you want that 350 CFM on a two barrel setup, 304, 345. And then, you know, they make a, a 410 CFM that uh, runs on the 392s. So, you know, go that route. That's the only way that you're going to get reliable fuel economy is by running an appropriately sized carburetor. Because that is the other side of the daily driver coin besides reliability is is cost. Um, you know, if you're getting seven miles to the gallon, you're going to go broke, uh, buying fuel all the time. So, you know, running the correct carb and, and the engine tuned correctly, you are, are sure to get, you know, at least above 10, uh, the, the red truck with the 304 and all that, it gets about 14. Um, Josie scout with the 266, uh, it gets 14, 15, um, even the 392 I had in Big Connie when it was uh, with a carburetor and Protronics, I was still getting 12, 13 with that. So, uh, you know, it's doable. I know 12 isn't the greatest, but I know people with, you know, new Yukons and, and Suburbans that are getting 14. So... You know, it's uh, it's a little bit of a toss up there, but uh, you know, you can do well. And if you do decide to go even more, um, you know, next level daily driver stuff like fuel injection, um, or a five speed transmission, or you know, re gear the axles or whatever you end up doing you know, then you can expect to pick up a little bit more mileage. Uh, I've got a customer getting around 16 right now with their injected setup and properly geared and all that. Um, or you could go even farther, you know, if you really got the, the pocketbook for it, you know, there's the LS conversions or the diesel swaps. And then you're looking at, you know, 20 to 25 miles a gallon. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But, but for now, if we're talking stock truck, um, daily driver type stuff, then, um, then, you know, good tuned carb, good ignition system, you know, go through everything. And then once it's reliable and it starts regularly, it stops good, it steers good. Uh, and this is all assuming that you've got decent tires on it. Uh, try to avoid, you know, the old, 
30-year-old desert dogs, they kind of disintegrate after a while. So, you know, this is assuming you have good rubber. Then, you know, move into the interior. Uh, Make sure the seat is fairly comfortable. If you're daily in it and you're not used to old-school bench seats, um, you know, because it's, I guess I'm kind of leaning more towards um, full sizes in this example. Because uh, I know a lot of scouts came with, with bucket seats. Um, but the full size stuff, you know, they all had benches unless they were special ordered with the little low back buckets. Uh, but anyway, um, make sure that seat's in good shape. The, you know, some good foam, good springs. Um I don't have a suggestion for swapping anything in because I think everything that is modern-ish looks like crap. <clears throat> so we just try to recover, re- re-foam, respring the original stuff, and uh, that seems to go a long ways for us here. Um, and then, you know, finally, if you're going to do all that work to the engine, make sure that your gauges work. So that you can at least monitor it, uh, you know, keep an eye on the temperature and and that kind of thing. Because daily driver, you know, in the extremes is where you need to pay attention to stuff. On your 72 degree, you know, 20 mile drive to work, generally you don't even have to look at the gauges. But, you know, on the 105 degree day and your 50 mile toe to go wheeling then yeah you really got to watch the gauges and so having accurate gauges is important please do not screw the three gauge pod to the bottom of your dash and call it good those things i uh, even though they're mechanical i've seen a lot of them that aren't accurate um and you know people think oh they're brand new so they've got to be right on and you know they can be as far as you know 10 or 15 degrees off on the temperature uh alone so really try and get your factory gauges working and i know the factory gauges don't have numbers on them so you know what's what um but you know you can generally gauge it no pun intended by you know general operating temperature you know, if it runs in the middle of the gauge, you know, 180, then you know that all the way hot is going to be like 230. So you just, you know, kind of use your best judgment. The oil pressure is the one that always throws everybody off because the stock, uh, a good used stock engine makes almost no oil pressure at idle. <laughs> and so that freaks everybody out. Um, and so your gauge will be down at like, zero or just off of the first line and then you get going down the road and it comes up to almost half and then you stop and it goes down and that's uh you know it's a little bit concerning but uh unless the engine starts making a bunch of noise uh it's not something to worry about too bad just make sure you have (laughs) the oil in it um and that you use in the correct correct oil so, um, what else? Yeah, you know, again, if you're going, depending on how much effort and time, you know, a rewire would be good down the road. 
uh, if after you've driven it for a while and does, you know I guess that's the other part of it is do what you can to drive it because you might not like it you might drive it for six months and be like this is a mistake like I'm my back hurts <clears throat> it's loud it smells weird my wife doesn't like it uh, you know whatever um and if that's the case, then, you know, you have spent some money and you can sell the truck or just continue to use it on a weekend and, you know, when you can mentally prepare yourself for it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you do decide, you know, you drive it for six months and you've been tinkering, tinkering on stuff and you decide you are going to keep it, then you can look at some of the more expensive uh, long-term upgrades like the fuel injection uh, or the aluminum fuel tanks, or the, um, you know, a rewire uh, and, and things like that. And the, the rewires are nice because it eliminates the old fire hazard um, of the factory wiring, allows you to add power ports and other uh, modern updates, you know, stereo, uh, that kind of stuff that, um, you know, a lot of people want to modernize their their rigs to make them more comfortable and enjoyable but i would stay away from that sort of stuff in the very first stages you know like i said the most important is getting the brakes and the steering making sure the drive shaft won't fly out going down the road making sure the engine is tuned correctly with fresh oil and filters uh good carb uh, and then you know interior and you know making sure the seat's good making sure lights work and you're legal, making sure the doors don't fly open when you go around a corner and the windows stay up when you roll them up and roll them down. Uh, that's, you know, that's kind of the order of importance for, for me. Uh, I don't worry about paint and body too much just because I don't really care about that stuff. I know some guys that are really concerned about how they look and I'm just, always confused by those guys because if you're driving international you're yeah <laughs> it's not about looks because <laughs> i'm the first guy to tell you that they are you know they got a face that only a mother would love for sure so anyway i'm hoping that this was uh, a good good rundown for the new people Hopefully you seasoned pros weren't too bored by this. But uh, anyway, um, appreciate everybody listening. Thank you for following along. And uh, till next time, Dan from Binder Boneyard. Yard.